there's a little bit of kind of helping the customer um, in their mind take take the leap to connect some of the dots and realize the parallels between the story that you're telling and them. It's a little bit about like playing trivia. You don't want to give someone both the question and the answer. You want them to do a little bit of mental work to connect their dots in their own head. And by doing that, it helps them in their own head kind of um, make their narrative about why your product's going to be a lot more helpful, a lot more solid if they're kind of coming to it via their own realization rather than you just giving them the answers. So it's a little bit of inception, if you will, in that regard. Hey everyone, George Soto here and you're watching Demo Diaries. Today I'm joined by Evan Huck, who's the co-founder and CEO at User Evidence. One of the cool things about Evan is that he was the uh, head of enterprise sales at SurveyMonkey. Uh, he was at another company beforehand that was acquired by uh, a SurveyMonkey and has really just like crushed it in his career. Uh, we were talking a little bit earlier about uh, some of the details. Evan, how are you, brother? Good. Good to see you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for your time. And it's been a while since we've seen each other in the Bay. So Indeed. I know you're out in Wyoming now, you said? Yeah, Jack Jackson Hole. Nice. Ski bomb oh. slash sales entrepreneur. <laughs> totally. Well, dude, not, not too bad. Jackson Hole is awesome. Indeed. Well, why don't you uh, tell us just really, you know, quickly a little bit about your career background. How did you go from an SDR at a tech startup to running the show there? I know you were managing a team of 75 salespeople. Yeah. Yeah. I graduated from Stanford in 2010 and I was going to go the finance route until someone made me put on a suit and I didn't really like that. So I looked into startups and found this kind of random company uh, and started as an SDR. Um, I'm pretty introverted and quiet dude by nature. So it was a, a huge adjustment for me to learn how to reach out cold to people and cold call them and sell stuff. But obviously a really good foundation for my career that helped me build some some great skills. So I was fortunate to have really great mentors and coaches early on um, that helped me figure out you know, ultimately how to run full cycle, full cycle sales uh, and become go from an SDR to an account executive to then leading a group of account executives to then you know, ultimately leading an entire sales organization inclusive of you know, SDRs, AEs, account management, um, CSMs, and all of that uh, is maybe about 70 people or so. Um, and yeah, I the best advice that I would have for that journey, you know, is really be humble and try to take as many licks as you can on the head early um, and, and optimize really for learning uh, and just trying to get yourself dirty and make as many mistakes as you can. Yeah. And if you think to yourself about those moments where you got those licks, what do those licks look like? So for the folks out there watching, they can sort of spot it and be like, Okay, this is what I've been talked about. Let me just, you know, get Zen right now. Yeah, yeah. Li literally, like I remember before I used to make cold calls. Like I, I could physically feel this like pit in my stomach, and I would make the dial and be like, "Oh, don't pick up, don't pick up, don't pick up." Um, and honestly, like I think, like when you find that sort of discomfort, that's a really good signal to you that you're you're putting yourself in a scenario where you're going to be in a hyper growth learning mode. Um, one of my you know, great sales trainers and mentors when I was early, this guy, Hillman Sori, 
um, once said to me, exercise, you know, 60 seconds of bravery in 10 seconds, 10 second increments throughout the day, every day. Um, so I think if you can find yourself in that scenario where you're in kind of intense discomfort, um, eventually you'll, you'll learn to sit with that discomfort and realize that it's a, a huge asset and really helping you accelerate growth in your career. You know, I love that just because that really speaks to me and my journey. I started my sort of sales career. I always talk about it, you know, doing door-to-door sales and Oof, yeah, uh, a, and that was rough, right? That's a good I literally bring it up every, pretty much every show when yeah. I talk about sales, just because it was, you could imagine just a, a, a day full of getting, you know, kicked in the butt and, uh, and I sort of got to this point where I was um, thriving or using that discomfort or suffering <laughs> as uh, as fuel, you know, totally. as sort of this internal game. And, uh, you know, as an entrepreneur, I think, you know, we will use certain things to drive us. I think what I've learned in my career is to still be able to leverage that, but then have awareness around it, right? Like, I have a spiritual teacher and mentor of mine. She uh, she always tells me that it's uh, that it's really important to have awareness around that suffering or maybe that that uh, bad habit you know that you're working on, and it's not necessarily having the habit that's uh, you know that that is the uh, sort of I don't want to say the worst thing. Right. But it's uh, it's the lack of awareness that that thing exists. Right. So I think that if you're able to, like, use these things to fuel you, to drive you through those licks and that's and but know that they're licks and know that there's going to be that discomfort um, and have that awareness around what you're doing. I think that's for me personally, one of the more healthy ways of managing it. You know yeah. I, mean? and I think the I mean, you mentioned something that's interesting. Like You have a spiritual advisor. Right. I think there's a lot of value in having third-party experts and leaders and guidance and coaches that help you delineate and distinguish between healthy discomfort, which is growth and, you know, unhealthy pain as a result of bad habits. Um, you know, humans for the right reason, evolutionarily, you know, if we, if we eat like a bad poison berry and get sick, like that's a good signal to us that we're not supposed to do it again. But that same, instinct can have a negative effect when say you're doing a cold call and you feel it's bad and you're like, Ooh, I don't want to do that again, which is not necessarily the right case. So that's where it's having guidance and leadership to help you reinforce the kind of healthy pain and kind of distance yourself from the unhealthy pain is, is super valuable. Awesome. Well, speaking of leadership, you grew from this SDR to then tech validate, right? all the way to being the sales leader. And by the way, that's this company I was referring to folks that was purchased by SurveyMonkey, which is now a, right. a massive business, right? Yeah. What advice would you give managers around making such a, a, a such rapid growth and, and really managing that? Like, were there any specific sort of elements of that or experiences that you had that you point, that you can sort of remember and say, that was the thing that really helped me uh, undergo that growth. Yeah. I, one thing I think with myself, and certainly I've seen this in, in other you know, SDRs that have become great sales leaders, um, is at every stage, even after a huge promotion, which comes with a big pay bump and whatever, there's still this tendency to be really humble and be 
honest that they, they probably don't know much in the role that they're going into next. Um, I see some folks, you know, get a little bit high on themselves after getting that director promotion or I'm an SDR manager or whatever. Uh, and they want to kind of have that feeling of elevatedness over other folks. Um, and they miss an opportunity to learn from that next set of people that have actually built, you know, large organizations. So I think, you know, if you remember that when you get a promotion, you're now day one in a new job and you should treat that day one in a new job, just like you treat day one as an SDR, right? It's, I, I don't know anything. I want to listen, learn, be humble, find people that do know what they're doing and, and learn from them. I, I think consistently it's, it's that attitude that I've seen over and over lead to people that, that can then get through multiple roles and become you know, VPs and CROs and whatever. Yeah. It's something I'm doing now, you know, after going from leadership in a, in a largest company, SurveyMonkey to founder, it's, again, I've never done this before. I have no idea what I'm doing. And, and I think just recognizing that and being okay with that um, sets the right foundation to then um, learn from other folks, but also just um, get that learning mindset yourself. Nice. Dude, I'm hearing a lot of mindfulness going on. And, and uh, you know, it's very clear that, that you... My, my uh, wife took the 200-hour yoga teacher training, so maybe some of that rubbed off. <laughs> nice, nice. If you think about the experiences you had as an IC or leader around demoing, uh, experience. Uh, what tips would you give folks around optimizing that? Because I know the demo is definitely that that point in the sales cycle that yeah. can really either drive you up uh, or lose the deal. Yeah, I think, I think there's a couple. Um, you know, first uh, I, I would say you know have a wealth of customer stories about how actual clients have have used your product and what type of results that they've had. Um, more importantly than that, though, is is knowing how those stories match up with the the customer that you're talking to. Um, yeah, that might be as simple as, all right, let, let's throw someone in the same industry or the same company size, but there's a, a an extra a, a layer deeper than that where you connect on, I'm going to show a customer that has the same problem that you have, and, and you should be doing that specific to the persona that you're selling to. Um, one mistake I always made when I kind of got comfortable showing customer stories, I would show someone the exact same industry, exact size, like even their competitor. And they would just be like, all right, well, that's cool. So th there is, there's a little bit of kind of helping the customer um, in their mind, take, take the leap to connect some of the dots and realize the parallels between the story that you're telling and them. It's a little bit about like playing trivia. You don't want to give someone both the question and the answer. You want them to do a little bit of mental work to connect their dots in their own head. And by doing that, it helps them in their own head kind of um, make their narrative about why your product's going to be a lot more helpful, a lot more solid if they're kind of coming to it via their own realization rather than you just giving them the answer. So it's a little bit of inception, if you will, in that regard. Nice. Now, are there any differences between like the demo that you would give when you were an SDR yeah. versus the demo that you would give as an AE versus the demo you would give as a enterprise yeah. you know, rep? Um, there certainly is. I mean, you know, you talk to a lot more people as an SDR than you do as an enterprise rep. So in theory, you have less time to kind of prepare for each demo and customize it. 
that said, I think, you know, one of the things we're seeing today that's very different is like, there's a whole set of tools now that allow even an SDR or whoever that has no design skills or anything like that to create really good looking custom demos. Um, Yeah. I just got into Figma, for example, and, you know, starting to create, I think Figma is like one of the best demo tools that, you know, obviously not meant for salespeople and our designer hates that I'm using it to create all this, you know, non-improved stuff. But nonetheless, like you can do a lot of work to create really cool, customized looking stuff. Um, you know, I've seen the reprise, you know, obviously that you know, and tools like that are really cool too. Um, so I, I think in modern selling right now, there, there is a little bit of an expectation to demonstrate that you've done some research and some due diligence. Uh, and to the extent that you can leverage kind of low effort tools to illustrate that and, and make something look and feel really custom to a client. Um, that's, that's absolutely something you should be taking advantage of. Awesome. Now, when do you usually do the demo is, do you always do it on the first call, second call? I know it's kind of dependent on your process. Yeah. Um, I I think it's okay. There's always this kind of in traditional sales training, it's like, Oh, we got to like hold back the demo until we find a bunch of pain, which, which I think the, the reason that advice is given is sound is like you do need to do your discovery and understand who you're talking to the problems they solve and how your product relates to that. Um, but sometimes I've seen that it can cause kind of unnecessary fights with people when they're like, I want to see a demo. And you're like, no, you know, we absolutely can't do that. Um, so you can still accomplish both. I would say be flexible with the client, you know, particularly because everyone's sharing a screen now. It's like, there's a little bit of an expectation that you should be seeing something, but it, that doesn't, replace, you know, the need to do discovery. So it's like, you can meet them and answer their question. Like, yeah, here's some cool stuff. And then go back to your video and start asking them questions. They feel like you've answered their question. You've shown them the demo, but you're still doing what you need to do. So don't, don't fight over (laughs) kind of nomenclature of, of what you're showing on the call. So for everyone adapt to your prospect and their experience, right. As opposed to just being so rigid that you're like, you know what, you're willing to fight with a prospect. It was so funny. I've heard quite a few stories around that, right? Where people now are so used to these like consumer experiences. They can just buy cars on their phone, you know, get a taxi, order pizza, buy a home. Yeah. You no know, talks about his experience buying, you know, millions of bucks in homes uh, over the last few years straight from his phone. So, right. you know, I know this is the enterprise and it's a different sort of motion, but to your point, I think that, you know, your prospect will be able to sort of guide you. So one of the questions that I find really valuable is, hey, Evan, you know, I, I know uh, you were, you signed up on the website, you might have like, kicked the tires on a free trial, or read some of the documentation. Do you want me to go ahead and show you a demo? Or should we kind of like, learn a little bit more about, uh, you know, your current situation? And 90 5% of the time, they're like, oh, yeah, just show me the demo. You know, it sets the stage. We kind of like product qualify them and then go into the conversation. And of course, I think it would be really nice and strategic to throw in some discovery sort of like totally, questions yeah. throughout the demo, right? Yeah. Um, and probe specific things, see if, see how they're kind of responding. Yeah, that's exactly right. So you'll, you can still get everything you need to get done on the call, which is discovery and budget and all that stuff, but do it in a much more fluid manner where it's not so obvious. Like, okay, now we have done bonding and report and made the small talk. Now we are onto the pain discovery. Now like, it, it, that 
whole kind of linear chunky process, you know, it sounds scripty, obviously. So it's, you know, the more you can kind of integrate this stuff naturally in the flow of a conversation, like normal humans do when we're talking to each other, yeah. um, you know, the more success you're going to have. Totally. I remember giving some advice to founder years ago when I used to do those like sales for startup stuff. I remember used to come and hang out. I don't know if you remember when I was doing all that shenanigans yeah, back totally. in San Francisco, but, um, but I remember I had a process or a, founder asked me, Oh, how do I, how do I get, you know, sales? How do I, how do I sell more? And, you know, something to that effect. And my question was, well, how do your customers want to buy? Yeah. You know, what's their buying process. Right. And uh, so I think sometimes we get so caught up in, in our process, our process, our process yeah, yeah, right. Totally. And we're, we yep. totally lose sight for like, well, how the hell do they buy? Right. right. Yeah. Absolutely. So, well, dude, thank you so much for your time. Very much appreciated. If yeah. folks want to learn more about your new company, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you're up to and how they can uh, maybe join your beta. I know you uh, are done, at least in the short term, with uh, carrying yeah. a bag and moving into the founder role. Uh, I'll still be carrying a bag, so I'm not going anywhere there. But yeah, our new company um, really helps vendors uh, capture feedback from customers to turn into case studies and proof points and statistical evidence and testimonials and reviews. So it's a really fast way to get a ton of really good customer and user evidence. The name of the company is user evidence from happy customers of yours so that you can use that as stories and proof points in your demos and your emails um, and really let your customers do the selling for you. But yeah, our beta launches in mid-March. So um, if you have any questions about it, just ping evan at userevidence.com. Awesome. I was going to ask you how folks could uh, get in contact with you. So thanks for sharing that. Well, thank you again so much for your time and uh, hope to see you in person soon. I'm definitely going to check Likewise. you out in, yeah. in uh, Jackson Hall because uh, sure. I know it's, there's uh, some great snow. Up been getting, yeah, we've been getting hammered with snow. So if you're a snowboarder, you should make it your way out here at some point. Nice. I got to work on my snowboarding. I've, I've been more <laughs> of a skier, but, uh, but, but I, I'm destined to, to figure it out. So we'll <laughs> right do on. All right, dude. Well, have a great, great day, and uh, we'll talk soon. Awesome. Thanks. Good to see you. Likewise.